the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a lot of big stories out there today. Home prices rise the most in seven years in the month of May. It's going to be interesting to watch how the higher interest rates in the last month on 30-year mortgages play out in the next three months. Will it be be a huge rush to buy? Or will people wait for rates to go back down? Chrysler posted its best June in six years. That's positive. There's no doubt on one hand that sending people to manufacture cars is good. On the other hand, do consumers need to take on more debt? Uh, (laughs) That's the world we live in. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare. He is the chief market analyst at Briefing.com. I miss you last week. Pat, how are you doing today? Hi, Rob. I'm doing well. It's nice to be back with you. Thanks. Um. A lot happened in the last week. There seems to be that transition on Wall Street that maybe it's too obvious for me that we're kind of giving up on the yield play of big cap international companies, and we're trying to find where's that money going to go from bonds. How would you sum up what we're seeing right now? Yeah, I think uh, confusion is one word we could use. Um, you know, you got a lot of uh, we saw a lot of gyrations in the market uh, last week. Um, the volatility has picked up or picked up considerably last week, and then it trailed off at the end of the week. Um, so it's really just one of those periods. Um, I told Chad last week that you know, frankly, if someone's you know, saying you know what should I do, um, the first answer I have is 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 do nothing here, right? Just kind of let the dust settle. Uh, we don't need to make any outlandish moves, but uh, take into account that uh, the market's uh, perspective on the level of interest rates is, is starting to shift because it's starting to realize that, you know, the Fed may not taper imminently, but we are more than likely closer to the end of that uh, extraordinary period of unconventional policy than we are to the, to the beginning of it. But with the Fed using tapering, don't the Federal Reserve members, bankers, have a concept that the economy is improving? Isn't tapering really a good thing, even though it's a short-term transition thing? You know, absolutely. I mean, that, that is the, that's the idea behind it, right? You know, okay. that, that should be the thinking, is that the Fed's not going to, you know, to pull back here unless it feels confident that the economy has uh, traction and can sustain this, this accelerating growth. The, the problem is that 
the market uh, doesn't necessarily, well, I don't think anyway, isn't necessarily buying the Fed's forecasts just yet. So, um, you know, the Fed doesn't have the best record in terms of forecasting growth here. And while the, the Fed is saying the right things, um, not so sure the market is, is believing what they're saying and, and just needs to kind of sit back and see if this data comes in as the Fed is, is projecting that it will. Um, and in that regard, you know, you've, we've had, you know, mixed mixed data since uh, since the Fed uh, was out trying to calm the market down last week. And um, so the, the payrolls report on Friday is going to be, you know, again, a very important report to watch as it relates to the market's perspective on what the Fed's likely to do. I started the segment with you, Mr. O'Hare, from briefing.com, saying Chrysler, good quarter or good sales, home prices, good I like that. Now, what are we not liking? Because those are two big pillars of our economy, housing and autos. They are. Uh, and I think we've talked about that in the past, where those are clearly areas of strength right now. Um, the thing with respect to housing, of course, is that you're getting some really nice uh, numbers reported, but you know, we have to keep in mind we're also coming off of a very depressed base. So the rate of growth looks uh, pretty considerable, but you still have a long way to go to kind of get back to that, you know, recovery peak, if you will. Autos, same thing, but you are continuing to see unrelenting demand in the auto space, which is a good sign. Um, you know, all things considered, that's those are positive things as they relate to uh, GDP growth prospects. Um, but the end of the day, though, we still don't have a lot of you know business investment uh, activity taking place. Not a strong driver there. Uh, you know, non-residential investment not the strongest point. And we're starting to see you know exports and imports kind of taper off here, which is a reflection of the uh, the slower growth uh, that you've got uh, going on around the world, primarily in Europe and China. So there are you know clearly areas for improvement. And we're likely to now, as we get further into the third quarter here, you may start seeing a little bit more of that sequester impact kick in because it really didn't start to uh, take effect until uh, early March. And so you might have that lag effect come in to kind of, again, slow things in the second half of the year. A lot of the information that I get that I use on the show, I start pulling from briefing.com. It's the first source that I go to in the morning, as well as the Financial Times, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. But briefing kind of paints a nice picture of data and it's up to us to digest it. Egypt, they're having a uprising with their leader. Portugal's having a, a, an issue with their, their 10-year government bonds becoming more expensive to lend money. Greece is having an issue with an ultimatum on a bailout from the Troika. I pulled all that information from your site. How should I interpret that? Because I'm kind of apathetic on some of these international issues as long as the U.S. continues to move forward. You know, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, you know, I laugh because you know I, I wrote this morning that you know, with the, especially the ultimatum as it relates to Greece, which uh, you know we subsequently reported on our InPlay page that uh, the Greek paper there is denying that there was any such that the, you know saying that the uh, Troika denied that there was any such ultimatum offered. But let's just say there was. Uh, the market has gotten you know somewhat tone deaf to that ultimatum because it's basically been given for the last three years. It seems like so you're not hearing uh, there doesn't have the same alarmist quality that it had in years past but you know what we try to do at, at briefing what we I think we do very well is we keep 
users of the service very informed in terms of what's out there, what's going on, you know, what are the headlines. And then what we try to do as the analyst here is provide an objective analysis that helps our users determine whether it's kind of just noise or it's something to really pay attention to. Uh, what's going on in Greece today we think is mostly noise. Uh, what's happening in Egypt is something to pay attention to because you're seeing that directly translate into higher oil prices right now, which could be a negative factor if those continue to rise and essentially act as a, you know, as a tax on consumers as we move forward in the year here. So uh, paying close attention to that area right now as oil is pushing $100 a barrel again, um, which is, you know, it's going to be good for the energy companies, but may not be so great for uh, for consumers. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Let's go back to a concept that you slightly brought up, do nothing. It's the summertime, it's July, there's transition, there's more volatility. Do you really mean do nothing? Like, Let's take off four weeks. I'm not putting words in No. Yeah. No. No, and I'm glad you asked the follow-up because, I mean, it doesn't mean exactly, you know, what I I really mean by that is that, you know, look, if you have systematic investment plans, you know, if you're dollar-cost averaging in the market, stick with those plans here, right? Um, But with all of the the kind of the the increased volatility we're seeing of late and all of the, you know, agitation surrounding what the Fed is doing right now uh, and knowing that there's a good bit of leverage, you know, that's pushing up this market, you, you, you have the potential for some, you know, unsettling dislocations every now and then. And we think during the summer period when, you know, trading conditions are, are a little bit thinner, um, there's, you know, a greater chance that you see that volatility pick up. And so what we're saying is, you know, if you don't need to go in and start, you know, uh, increasing your overweight positions or, you know, decreasing the underweight positions, really. I think we should essentially stick with your systematic investment plans, but don't feel the need to put a whole lot of cash to work at this particular point in time if you have sideline cash at the ready. <laughs> Am I being dangerous in the statement that as we move through this transition, if things play out like the Fed wants it to, you probably want to be in consumer discretionary because people have jobs and will spend. You probably want to be in tech. You probably want to be in financials, and you probably want to be maybe in healthcare because of the Obamacare hitting in 2014. Am I dangerous in that? And you can be honest. Yeah, no, you know, I mean, that would fit with with the business cycle, really. You want to be, uh, you know, geared in toward those those cyclical areas. They're going to, you know, benefit from improving levels of, of, you know, economic growth. So that leads you to the industrials, to the financials, to the technology stocks, to the materials. You know, uh, in the material space, obviously, you've gotten really clobbered, of course, with the uh, concerns related to China and the impact that's had on commodity prices. But, but by and large, I mean, that is, you know, you know, a good way to think about it is that if you're buying into that forecast and you're buying into the idea that the recovery is going to accelerate, you know, the cyclical sectors are are the spots to be watching right now and probably favoring. Uh, and conversely, you'll see those defensive-oriented sectors, the consumer staples, the utilities, telecom services, you know, those groups, they may do okay, but they're likely to, you know, to lag behind uh, some of those cyclical areas if the market does, in fact, buy into the uh, into the growth story that the Fed is trying to sell right now. We've got about a minute and a half, Patrick. Um, Your website does things on IPOs, growth stocks, value stocks, uh, big picture issues, strategy thoughts, um, trading ideas. What are you working on right now that, that our listeners should be informed of? Well, I'm I'm going to be working on a, a uh, second quarter earnings reporting period preview 
Um, and what will be really curious to me is that, you know, the, the consensus forecasts are, are anemic. You know, you're looking for about 1% growth on both the top and bottom line. Those estimates have come down throughout the quarter, which is not unusual, but still, you know, we're looking at basically almost no growth. And so what I'm looking for and what I'm going to be uh, kind of throwing out there for our, our users to see, you know, what are the multinational companies saying coming out of this reporting period? Is there demand, uh, you know, that's starting to heat up? Or are they talking about the weak levels of activity in Europe and China as, you know, being limiting factors as they look at the second half of the year? Will the dollar's strength, you know, be a, an impediment there? Um, and so kind of want to see how things are going to break down in relation to what the multinationals are saying versus what the companies that are, you know, primarily domestically focused saying. And probably what you'll hear right now is those domestic-oriented companies doing relatively better uh, or saying relatively better things as it relates to the outlook as opposed to some of those multinationals that, uh, you know, have a lot of exposure abroad. Thanks very much. I would pay to listen to Patrick O'Hare talk. He's from Briefing.com, Chief Market Analyst, providing independent live market analysis on the U.S. and international markets. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. Still a major traffic jam for the... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.